Okay, welcome back to the Wednesday slot, Ask Uncle Lee. And today we are talking about sleep paralysis and also your own personal guardian or your holy guardian angel, your guardian spirit um, and such things. Welcome to my channel. You are entering the world of magic and mysticism with your host, Lee W. Johnson. Keep the lights on and help improve the channel by becoming a supporter for just $2.99 per month. Hit the join button. Okay, into the questions from Femi Verzigi, Verzigil, uh, 9769. All right, um, this has been asked uh, a few times by you. I think you 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 did apologize for your English. You're from the Netherlands. Your English is fine. Don't worry about things like that. Um, I read through. I can understand it. So don't worry about that. Um, so let me just uh, try and boil down the question a bit. Um, I have so many questions, but because I feel like my time is running out because life got in my way, sort of. Who is my demon, my protection? All the times I was on the street, so no, no home or in shelters in the Netherlands. I hate my English. This is what's sorry, but as I told you, I don't have a social life. And certainly no one in my life who understands what I am trying to learn. I think my demons, ancient deities, um, kings already know, but I don't know who wants to connect with me. Okay, so basically you want to know who your your protection is um, and your demon. And don't worry about your life running out. I think I'm probably older than you are. Um, and I've, I've gone many, many years that I feel like I've wasted. But uh, yeah, that's what led us to this point of where we are now. Okay, so what it seems, as I said, what it seems like you are trying to ask is who your demon is, You're the name of your demon, so that you can speak to them directly. Now, this is from a protective aspect, and what you may find is it's not, it may not be an external spirit, as in a demon, a jinn, um, a deity, a god or a goddess. Um, an angel, whatever, it might not be that external force. It may be your own soul, your own higher self, your holy guardian angel, or what I call your personal daimon, um, your personal demon. And this is quite often the thing that protects you. And if you go and start examining the, the parts of the soul and the different traditions and the different parts and how they view these things, Quite often, the 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 in, from Kabbalah, the nefesh, the lower self, the lower soul, is actually often the one that will guard and protect you, and that's mostly because it, it may have had an experience in the past, and then you are going to do something in the future which kind of has a bit of a trigger for your nefesh, your lower self. And what it will often do is then avoid that thing, and it may avoid that thing by causing thing, other things to happen in your life so it leads you in a different direction. It may bring on an illness that will leave you bedridden so you cannot go do that thing. 
it will put up barriers um, if it feels triggered and it feels it, it feels fearful to actually go do that thing. Then we have our we have, we talk about the holy guardian angel, the personal daimon. This is the aspect of our own being, our own soul, which then guides our life, um, guides us in particular directions to attain our own true will. And through that, a lot of people will consider that to be a protective aspect. Um, you know, the, 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 the holy guardian angel or the, the guardian angel, you know, we speak of this guardian angel being, um, and we kind of think of it because we, we think of angels as being external to us. Therefore, the guardian angel is therefore an angel which comes from another place. But it's usually in reference to this higher self, which is our own soul, our own being. And this will guide us, it will guard us. Uh, we can talk about the fetch um, from a more traditional witchcraft perspective. We have the fetch mate and the fetch beast. And the fetch beast is often considered to be a, um, a, a guiding and, again, protective aspect. Um, we, we ride the fetch beast into the underworld and it guides, but it also guards and protects. Uh, we can, that's, again, that's all part of our own soul. Um, we could consider this from the perspective of familiars, which, the, you know, familiars becomes quite a large topic. Are they beings that we, the, the witch creates themselves? Are they beings which have been given to us by particular spirits? If you go through the Goetia, for instance, you find that particular um, spirits or demons will give good familiars. And this is that thing. Um, you know, we can go into traditional witchcraft where we um, come into contact with the god or the goddess and we request a familiar from the god or goddess. Um, and that becomes, again, a protective and guiding aspect so these are all things which we could actually consider to be our own self um, and there's lots of overlap between the fetch and the familiar for instance but uh, they could all be things which are actually ourselves not external I mean they're not really external everything is enveloped into one thing but um, you know for interaction for relationship um, bonding for um, speaking with we, we kind of consider these things to be external to us the gods and the goddesses and the demons and the angels etc 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 it doesn't need to be one of those those beings which are an external force to us it could be our own soul our own self which is that protective aspect and I think this is where we need to kind of look inward a bit more um, because our own soul has all the answers. Our own soul has all the things that we need. Um, our own our own soul can do all the things that we need. Um, and again, depending on how we our own personal perspectives, our own personal gnosis, these external beings, the demons, the gods, the goddesses, the angels, etc., are also part of our own soul if we consider everything to be one um again personal notice personal perspective how you view things um but you know look inward so try and contact your own 
holy guardian angel and your own speak to your own soul um, you can literally speak to your soul you can literally speak to your lower self your nefesh you can interact with it you can externalize it and talk to it that way um, you can then get knowledge and conversation of your holy guardian angel therefore you can contact and you can talk to your higher self your personal daimon um, and these are fantastic relationships to build of course you've got to well, you know work it out you've got to find out you've got to actually come into contact and that takes time it takes practice um, but you're not running out of time let's put it that way and to um, you know things like um, getting knowledge and conversation with your holy guardian angel some people will say you have to go through a six month or an 18 month uh, working via the uh, um, sacred magic of uh, Abramel and the mage not absolutely necessary some people can sit down and within seven minutes get in contact with a holy guardian angel other people it can take several years so it's it's nobody can actually tell you personally who or what or what the name of your personal diamond your holy guardian angel is it's a very personal thing and it needs to be kept very personal um so but it just, it really is a case of doing the work, putting in the foundational work, doing the meditations, doing the daily practices, doing the daily devotional work to that particular being. Okay, so that's my suggestion anyway. Um, and it's not a stupid question, definitely not a stupid question. Um, okay, wait, I think that's the one I just did. There we go, let's do the next one. Uh, from Magdalena9657 Apologies if you've already covered this but do you know anything on the topic of sleep paralysis? I used to get it a lot and have had all sorts of interesting experiences until it stopped occurring after I did a prayer. Uh, I'm not sure if it's actual entities that are trying to mess with me or if I'm delving too deep into what could simply be hypnagogic hallucinations. Okay. So, very interesting topic. What happens when we go into sleep paralysis? Um, and I did actually consult my good friend Kai on this and got some very interesting information. So, when we fall asleep, the melatonin, melatonin in our bodies increases. That's what makes us sleepy. Okay. Then, at a certain point, the thyroid gland actually... Um, excretes this cocktail of hormones into our body which then paralyzes the body all the muscles and all the functions um, it keeps obviously the the necessary functions breathing heart rate and all of those things going because we've got to live but it slows them down all right but all the muscles are paralyzed now it does this because if we are to act out what we are doing in our dreams we would then be sleepwalking. So if the this cocktail is a little bit off, you'll probably find this is why people sleepwalk, because they're not completely paralyzed. Um, on the other side of that, if it's off on a diff in a different way, you are going to wake up, but still be paralyzed. So when we come out of sleep, obviously those hormones are supposed to um, go, come out of our system. Um, and therefore we 
we wake up, we come, I come out of that sleep, that beta state into um, theta alpha state and the paralysis leaves the body. Um, happens during sleep paralysis is we may have fallen, be falling asleep and the thyroid releases those, those hormones and it paralyzes the body and we're going into a borderland state or a between state of that waking and sleeping state. So we're starting to move into that beta, into the dreaming. Um, and the brain kind of says, well, the body is supposed to be moving, but it's not, there's something wrong. Then fear kicks in. The pineal gland then um, excretes cortisol and adrenaline, and this creates a huge amount of fear in the body. All right. So we have this situation where we are half awake and half asleep. So we're half in a, a waking state. The brain's active and it's saying the body should be moving. But those hormones have already been, been um, um, put into the body and therefore the body's paralyzed. And at the same time, we're also moving into that sleep state, the beta state, the dream state. So we start to get hypnagogic hallucinations and because of the fear you could be dreaming of something absolutely beautiful and fantastic but you've got all this fucking cortisol and adrenaline rushing through your body and fear completely that's a fear because the brain's saying you're supposed to be moving you're not something wrong system is fucked let's get out of this this situation and but you can't so fear so all of these beautiful dreams, all of these beautiful hypnagogic hallucinations become complete and utter fear. And therefore it gets changed into something else. So people who report seeing um, spirits standing and looking at them, there could be something there. Um, you're, remember, you're also in a between state. So there could be, there's spirits all around us all the time. It's just that we don't see them. We don't interact with them because we don't have the science. Not, not everybody anyway. But when you're in that between state, you start to see these things. So these spirits could be there, but because of the fear, they become something horrific, something terrible, something fearful. Um, so that's where their interpretation then starts coming in. Then we have things like um, the incubus or the, the hag sitting on the chest. You can't breathe, you feel restricted and because you're also paralyzed. But that's also because you are your your breathing has slowed down. Then again, the fear comes in, and your your body says you need to start breathing faster, because the the breathing you know the the faster breathing will help to move you, and you can't because and then it feels like something's pushing down on your chest and it's it's preventing you from breathing. So we have the being hag ridden or um, the incubus uh, um, situation. So there's all these things that happen and it's all because we just the chemicals the hormones that got released there's just something off um it happened before we did did slip completely into a dream state and we came totally out of the waking state and it happened just before that so it's that hypnagogic that that between that borderland state which we're in and the body's paralyzed and the brain said it shouldn't be um, so, you know, it's all that and fear and everything else. And that's because at that stage of the sleeping process, when you are falling asleep, those that those chemicals, the adrenaline, the cortisol are incredibly strong. They're, they're potent. 
However, when you are waking up, you can also go through sleep paralysis. And something, a little word I learned the other day, uh, which I didn't know about until then, we speak about hypnagogic hallucinations, um, you know, those images you see as you're falling asleep, you're going into that borderland state. You get, you get the same thing happening sometimes when you're waking up, and it's called hypnopompic, um, hypnopompic uh, hallucinations. Same thing, really. It's just that you're coming out of sleep into a waking state. But you can also go through sleep paralysis. The difference there is that all of the adrenaline and everything have, have kind of worn off through that period of sleep. So when you go into the paralysis, there isn't as much fear. Um, and this this is where what I occasionally get this quite rare I don't get it all the time but I have had it where I go through sleep paralysis when I'm waking up and I find it to be really good um, now can you do things during sleep paralysis I do believe that when you're waking up because the fear isn't there it isn't strong um, you, you, I don't know if it's same for everybody when this happens when they're waking up but I find it kind of curious I don't have the same fear that people, other people speak about when they're going to sleep and go through sleep, sleep paralysis but I, I have had it I go through sleep paralysis I'm on my side I can then roll out of my body so I can actually do astral projection unfortunately it's extremely rare it doesn't happen all the time with me so it's not something I can do on a regular basis but the fear isn't quite there. However, when you are going to sleep and experiencing sleep paralysis, there is an intense, intense amount of fear. And I have had people suggest that they, or they tell me that they um, uh, use this for astral projection. I'm not really sure it is possible because of the fear. Um, you know, you, you're paralyzed, not just physically, but you're paralyzed with fear. And to try and get out of that is very difficult in order to then pursue this idea of doing astral projection. Um, but a lot of interesting things do happen. If you can at all, if it's possible that you can control that fear, um, I'm not sure you can, but if, just saying if, you can control that fear, then you know you might might want to explore the idea of astral projection and things like that. I have been told that it is possible. I've also been told that it's not possible. So I don't know myself. I don't experience sleep paralysis when I'm falling asleep myself. So can't really say. Um, but at the same time, if you are experiencing hyp the hypnagogic hallucinations, but not the sleep paralysis, that's a good thing too. You can actually use that quite extensively in magic. You can start, you know, as you're going into that borderland state, you can use that for astral projection work. Um, but also you can start a, a certain pattern of imagery, which takes you into a particular space and then you can then do magic. And you may fall, you may go then go further and further into sleep as you're walking down that path. You can use it as a path working. So you kind of imagine yourself doing taking particular steps to get to a particular place, a forest, a castle, a, a temple, whatever it is, where you're going to go and do your magic. You end up falling asleep, but you can still then do the magic because you had this idea that you took then take into your your dreaming world. Um, so lots of 
fun stuff you can do when you're falling asleep. Um, but sleep paralysis, as I said, when you're falling asleep, it can be, it's extremely fearful. Um, and you've just got all these chemicals pumping through your body. So it can be very, very difficult to bring yourself to a point of control where you can actually use it. Um, but like I said, some people have told me that it is possible. All right. Um, so I'm good. That's it for today, I think. So I will see you again next week and cheers for now. Bye-bye.